Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. My name is Jasper Chelifa and I'm with Will Cuxon. Cucko, you took the week off last week. How did you go? I did. Um, and, you know, look, it was a good it was a good week to take off for Supercoach purposes because I, I came out with a pretty decent score. I was pretty happy in the end. I scored 2,210 um, and I had just an absolute kind of epiphany moment um at the start of the round and I, I slapped the slapped the vc on two english and and that turned out pretty well for me so i was um i was happy with that and set the tone for my round a little bit as well timmy english has been absolutely amazing the start of the season and we knew he could do this without steph martin in the side but to actually see it happening is pretty awesome i think he's what nearly 25 years old maybe now um he's finally coming into his own it's pretty special to see hey yeah, that's right. Yeah, good, good pick if you started with him as well. Because he was pretty, pretty decently priced. Obviously, gone, gone up a little bit after his first few rounds of the season. But looking forward to, looking forward to having him in my team for the rest of the year as well. Yeah, well, what, you, you pipped me by thirteen points on the weekend, so I'm a little bit. Yeah, I've got some catching up to do against you and Foz, unfortunately, to start the year. But I did use my trade boost. I hope you use yours as well. One of yours. Yes, I did. That's right. Uh, all three trades used there. Um, and then coming into this round, it'll be interesting to see how many trades we need to use because there are still some fix, fixing up to do uh, with some rookies, some primos, that, that kind of stuff um, so far early on in Supercoach. But let's get on to what we saw over the weekend, which was the revival of the Taggers, I thought. We saw Andy Brayshaw cop a lot of attention in the first half of the Derby on Sunday afternoon. We saw Lockie Neal um, get some attention um, on Saturday night until he rolled his ankle and then somehow put together a fantastic last quarter to save anybody who actually captained him because he had 198 the week before and he was really struggling, um, especially when he rolled that ankle. Uh, so he was a yeah pretty amazing to actually get out to a decent score in the end. Um, but then also the big one was was Lockie Ash and Matt DeBoer double teaming Took Miller, which I don't think, like we, we knew that DeBoer was going to tag. We didn't probably didn't expect Lockie Ash to tag. And then for them to double team the same player, uh, yeah, Took had no chance. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and obviously the score showed for a, a nice, uh, not not nice seventy six, but um, yeah, hopefully he's back to it this week against the Blues. Look, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past him to bounce back, but he's also going to probably be coming up against George Hewitt as well. So that's that's something to watch watch out for. Obviously, Hewitt kind of playing um, playing a similar role to what we've seen Ed Kerno play in the Blues midfield um, in years past. But, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing, Kaka. I want to look ahead to this weekend because we're going to see some more tags, I think. We've already uh, heard confirmation from Chris Scott uh, this morning that Mark O'Connor is going to come into the side and he did a fantastic job on Lockie Neal um, last year. I think it was in that game that Gay Rowan punched him in the head and got two weeks um, and Mark O'Connor basically blanketed him for, for a long period of time. Chris Scott and Lockie had some words on the field, all that kind of stuff. It was great viewing. Um, but I think O'Connor's going to come in and tag Lockie Neal again on Friday night. And then I think DeBoer's going to be going to Andy Brayshaw, who copped it in the first half um, last week. I feel like these guys are going to get tagged again. And as you say, George Hewitt plays that more defensive role in the Blues midfield with stars like Cripps and Walsh and Kennedy now around him and Chera. Um, and I think that Hewitt's probably going to go to Took as well, seeing how important it was to shut him down for the GWS Giants last week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look... Pretty good Blues midfield now that you read it out, and still, <laughs> still uh, I, I think it's interesting. There's lots of lots of mouths to feed in there, but we still saw most of those guys 
come out with some pretty decent scores on the weekend. I think um, I think Matt Kennedy's someone I'm going to be keeping keeping an eye on because I fancy him as a bit of a pod if he's keeping up his early season form. But obviously, yeah, there is a there is a few uh, are a few mouths to feed in there. In the there are some mouths, yeah. So, Which we haven't said too much about the Blues midfield before. I remember this time last year we we're talking about Paddy Dow's CBAs. Talking, talking right. him up a little bit. <laughs> he's, he's nowhere to be found in the seniors. Alone. He, uh, he played well in the VFL on Sunday, but um, probably got a got a bit of an uphill climb back into the best 22, given the names that are in there already. I was about to ask if he was getting CBAs in the VFL, let alone the AFL right now. But, you know, That's I'm right. sure I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he's toiling away. Hopefully he gets back into um, the side at some point. I want to go on to Cash Cows, and it is a bit of a segue from Paddy to his brother, uh, Thompson. Firstly, I think we'll start with Nick Martin, who is the must-have for the round because he did have that um, COVID out in round two, so he's only played the two games. He's on the bubble now. Negative 128 break-even as a mid-forward uh, basement price, 102K. Kako, this is about as much uh, – you, you just have to have him, I think. Must-have. Yeah, that's, that's right. And obviously, 102K, it's costing you basically nothing to bring him in. And if you're downgrading from from someone you've had in early, like a, like a Mitch Owens or, um, yeah, maybe someone else who's sort of played just the one or two games um, and potentially sort of going to struggle to find a bit, of, a bit of a consistent spot, maybe like a, a, um, a Josh Sin as well, you're, um, you're doing yourself a favour just giving yourself a bit of extra cash with that trade as well. So if you don't have Nick Martin, uh, you're doing it wrong because, uh, you know, one negative 124 break even and, and he's averaging pretty pretty decent uh, this season already. So you'd, you'd be wanting to bring him in. Yeah, exactly. Averaging 92 on the season. He had that 71 uh, to back up that huge round one score. So, you know, we're seeing this role is really, really good for him. He just runs up and down the wing. He's got the Crows um, this week at Marvel Stadium. I think that there's a, a good um, argument for fielding him if if you can't, you know, loop someone uh, into that, you know, F6 role um, on your field. I think Nick Martin has as good a case as any to to be fielded right now. I think he's probably ahead of Josh Rochelle. He's put up a couple uh, quiet games after a big round one. Um, who else do we have? Probably uh, like a Corey Durden. I, I think Nick Martin's well and truly ahead of both of them. Um, so I feel like he's probably on field for a fair few people. And I think that's actually quite safe right now. He's got a fantastic role. He's obviously not going to come out of the side anytime soon. And he's a, he's a great ball user. I don't know where they got him from. Like I know it was from the waffle, but for him to come out of nowhere and immediately be one of Essendon's best ball users is equally an indictment on us as it is, you know, a compliment to him. So um, I, I think Martin's just a guy that not only is going to make you a stack of cash from this week on, but He's actually going to, you know, give make you points as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and seventy-one on the weekend by no means, uh, by no means a bad score. Obviously, that massive score he had in round one as well. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think fielding him, yeah, look ahead of ahead of Josh Rochelle or Josh Rochelle. I don't know how you say it, but um, <laughs> but um, who had had the big round one, but then he's dropped off the last couple of weeks. Potentially, bit bit of a less consistent um, player. In, in your super coach forward line. But um, yeah, someone who is looking like they will be a bit more consistent is definitely Nick Martin. Now we've got a few other guys on the bubble who um, aren't must-haves by any means. And, you know, they're interesting, but I'd probably be steering clear of the next three guys. Firstly, Lockie Gollant, who uh, is 
well, kind of holding Riley Thilthorpe out of the pro side right now, which is a bit surprising to start the season, but he's, he's been performing well. He was really good on the weekend in the showdown. Hugh Dixon, um, he got some ruck time behind Nick Nat on the weekend, which was really good to see for his scoring potential. The, the only issue I have with him is that Oscar Allen will be back soon. Bailey Williams is out of COVID protocols now as well. So he could even be dropped this week. I probably wouldn't expect it um, because he's a better footballer than Bailey Williams is right now. Um, but when Oscar Allen's back, I would fully expect Hugh Dixon to come out of that Eagles side. Um, and then also just the, that final one is Willie Rioli for the Eagles, who is a little bit expensive for me, um, did miss also with COVID protocols, but he's getting some CBAs for the Eagles while they're depleted. The only issue is um, he's going to come back into this side with a lot of other Eagles players. So I probably expect him um, not to get as many CBAs as we saw in round one and two. Uh, that's probably why I'll be steering clear of those three those for those reasons. But the fourth one I want to talk to you about, Kako, is Thompson Dow. Now, he's got a lot, a lot of CBAs for Richmond. Um, he's 198K mid forward with a negative 31 break even. So, you know, he's a little bit more expensive at 198K, but he nearly turned up on the weekend with a 98. And I feel like there's a lot going for him um, here. And, and I actually feel like he's a guy that I want to be bringing in um, as soon as possible because his role looks really good. His job security is quite solid as well. Um, and I feel like there's a big potential for him to, to have like a really good scoring output on field. Yeah, that's right. I think um, obviously the Tigers have sort of had a bit of a, a bit of a slower start to the season than we've seen in the past. But um, but yeah, I think someone like Thompson Dow obviously is a guy they're sort of looking towards for for the future. And, um, and I think, yeah, he's definitely... Um, definitely probably got got a pretty consistent look at a spot in the in the midfield there and and even if not um, yeah a bit of a bit of forward line time as well um so I think yeah I think he's definitely definitely a good option the only thing I'll worry about is the price point but if I guess as you say if we're looking at um, comparing him to other sort of higher uh, higher priced rookies kind of like a um, a Josh Ward or someone like that. It's probably probably not the worst move to um, to sort of go sideways to, to Thompson Dow. So on the weekend, he actually led all players on the ground in that Saints versus Tigers clash with 29 CBAs. So he was a pure um, inside midfielder along with uh, Trent Cotchin and, and Shea Bolton basically for um, the Tigers. That's interesting to me because we, there's no time frame on Dusty. We don't know when Presti will be back. It might be in the next couple of weeks, but I wouldn't be holding my breath too much on that. Um, and, you know, to, he actually had 100. He got scaled up from when I last looked at it with a 98. He got scaled up to 100. So he turned up within that role against the Saints, who aren't the easiest team to score against by any means. So I, I believe that not only is the role going to be there for at least a few more games, um, I think we're going to see uh, some pretty good scores as well. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy to pay up for him at, at just under 200K to, to get that first price jump um, and to see, you know, how much cash he can actually make. Will he make the 250K I might need from him? Not sure about that, but I'm willing to see that and, and to also hopefully get some good scores for him um, while it goes. Yeah, the other thing there with him as well is the the flexibility, the DPP. So he's mid mid forward. Um, you can you can move him on to, um, move him yeah, move him into your forward line if that suits. Um, sort of move him yeah wherever wherever suits your team best. So he's got, got that extra bit of uh, compatibility with with your team as well there. Yeah. Now the final person we want to talk about, he's not on the bubble yet, but I feel like 
this is he's just going to be a point of conjecture for for a long time um, across the year. Braden Proust started this season like a house on fire. Um, he had 109 points last week in his uh, debut for the Giants. Uh, he obviously got suspended round one, didn't get selected round two, which was a huge surprise for the Supercoach community. Um, but now he he was sole ruck. Flynn got dropped. I'm not sure if that'll continue, but he just had a lot of CBAs, heaps of ruck contests, um, and looked like a man possessed out there like we come to expect of the 120 keg man. Um, I think that he's a must-have in some capacity for your side, and it makes it all the more tempting to, to put him on field when you do bring him in, considering Max Gorn and Brody Grundy are struggling so far. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think um, I guess if you if you were feeling a bit feeling a bit funky, feeling a bit radical, you could definitely look to um, potentially go down from from a Gorn or Grundy if you weren't super happy with their output. But I guess the the one thing you want to consider is um, is if Bruce will, will manage to um, sort of score as consistently as those guys do. Obviously, yeah, Gorn, Gorn averaging ninety nine on the season had a had 117 on the weekend. So he's jumped up a little bit, bit again. But um, yeah, I think I'd probably almost be looking to bring him in, bring in Proust, that is. Um, probably just ahead of his bubble week next week, um, depending how he goes this weekend. Obviously, I, I've got Tim English as my R2, so I can swing him into the forward line um, and and put Proust in, into the R2 spot there. And yeah, if he's... He's, he's cheap at 204k um, and if he's scoring yeah 109s every week it's pretty pretty good reason to bring him in and, and that's the thing right now with with a lot of teams there's actually um, some safety blankets that you can go to in case Proosters get dropped or rested or um, is a tandem with Flynn at some point like you said Tim English in the forward line is, is one um, Tristan Jerry in two weeks will be getting his ruck status in a new move from Supercoach to get DPPs in the game. Um, so he'll be a forward ruck as well, and he looks like he's scoring really reliably so far. So I think that Braden Proust is almost a yeah, almost a, a must-have in some capacity for your side um, by next week. So I feel like um, to, to be pulling the move... I have Max and Brody, so it'd be it'd be a big move to go down from one of those two, but it does free up cash to go up to a primo on another line. Um, and I, I'm pretty bullish about Proust's output to start the season. If he if he did start the season um, in round one, I probably would have started him. So I think that there's just too much upside um, for me to pass on here. I'm probably going to be going down from one of those two, Braden Proust. Now, the next question I want to ask you, Kako, is... Who are you more confident with throughout the season? Is it Max Gorn or Brody Grundy? Look, I've got Gorn in my team. I, I opted for Gorn rather than Grundy. Um, and look, potentially it's an interesting one because I think the, the big glaring issue with Gorn is that he's sharing that rough load with uh, with Luke Jackson. And I think, you know, um, Brody Grundy obviously doing it sort of a bit more, a bit more to himself in that Pies midfield. Um, but having said that, look, they're both pretty been fairly similar to start the season. Um, Grundy averaging 107 after the three rounds and gone gone with 99. So Grundy obviously has got that got that a uh, bit more consistency in his scoring to start the season. But um, look, I'd I'd almost be saying Grundy just because just because Gorn's sort of sharing that ruck load with Jackson. Um, I think yeah, Gorn obviously been the standout ruckman. 
um, for for Supercoach in the last the last few years. But yeah, I'd be saying I'd be just about saying um, Grundy in this one. Yeah, I think I'll probably agree with you on that one, which makes my trades very interesting. Let's get on to our trades for this week. What are you looking at right now, Coco? Well, after that chat with Braden Proust, I was just kind of scoping it out with my current team to see uh, see what sort of what sort of moves I could make to bring him in. And and I looked at Josh Rochelle, who I've just moved to my bench to put Nick Martin on field. Um, and Rochelle's already got a break even in the in the positive. So his break even's 42, um, which is more than what he scored on the weekend. Mm. Um, and I think I think I'll potentially potentially just be looking to looking to swap him to Proust um, in a couple of weeks' time because that gives me a bit of flexibility. I've got Corey Durden on my bench and then Nick Martin on my field as well. And if I can swing, um, if I can swing Tim English into my forward line, then that that fills me out with um, at this stage Tristan Tristan Jerry at, um, at F six. So I think I think I'll be looking either this week or next week to bring in Braden Proust for uh, for Rochelle. Other than that. Look, I hadn't hadn't uh, hadn't really thought of any other trades I wanted to make. Um, Will Powell, I've got in my in my back line, and he's on notice a little bit. He had a fifty-eight on the weekend, um, and he's in our pod squad as well. Oh no! <laughs> but um, look, if he's 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 on notice a little bit, I think I'm I'll be keeping an eye on him, um, and if I can. If I can't afford to to go elsewhere, I might be able to might be able to move him on. It's very interesting. Uh, for me, uh, I still have Mitch McGovern in my side, so wasn't able to move him out with my three trades last week. Um, so that'll be happening this week. Uh, and uh, like I said, I think Brody Grundy is going to be on the outer for me. So the big question um, that I'm probably looking at is who to bring in um as as that forward or midfield option um with the cash that i'm gaining from uh brody grundy so i have about 680k to spend so i can you know effectively get anyone and there's a guy that i did um that i've been looking at for a while that i didn't bring in at the start um and it's, it's patty cripps at 518k because i i watched him on the weekend again and I looked at him getting a, it was a brandy throw in early in the game. Um, Tom Mitchell had just come on off the bench. He started on the bench. James Warple was basically face guarding him to, to use a basketball term, face guarding Paddy Cripps. And Tom Mitchell came off the bench and immediately ran towards Paddy Cripps and got his body on him as well. So he was getting double teamed at this boundary throw in. He shrugged both of these players off, burst through the pack with ball in hand and kicked it forward. And I was like, there's no one better in the competition right now than Patrick Cripps. And the, the points uh, is translating to the super coach points. He's kicking goals. He's getting clearances and contested possessions. And he's using the ball well, and he's getting meters gained as well, which we haven't seen from Cripps in a, in a few years. He's back to his old self and he looks absolutely 100% healthy. So I think he's just an absolute must have. And I can't believe I didn't start him after starting him last year. Um, but you know, I'm not going to make the mistake of going without him for the whole year. Um, I'm going to jump on now and, and catch up those points um, hopefully in the next 20 weeks to come because he's an absolute superstar. He's the best player in the competition right now, Coco. Yeah, that's right. And Blues fan, I've enjoying watching him um, heaps. And look, on the weekend, like he, he was even, it's it's a high standard to compare to, but he was quieter than he's been in the first two rounds of the season and still pumped out basically a, a 120. So I think um, 
think he's definitely definitely one to jump on board, especially while he's still at at five eighteen k. And and if you've got if you've got all that money to spend from Grundy, um, you've got you've got a bit left over if you if you um, bring Crips in as well. So I think I like that like that plan. And and he's he's got pretty pretty high ownership for a reason. Fifty eight point nine percent of teams he's in. Um, and yeah, we can we can see why. Yeah, exactly. We can see why he's, he's an absolute gun and we'll be leading the Brownlow medal pretty early on along with maybe Christian Petrarca um, up to this point. Now, let's get on to the pod squad because it, it had a bit of a, a dire week and we're, we're kind of struggling to cover some some stuff going on. There are a few pods that are working out really well. Obviously, we have Andy Brayshaw, we have Christian Petrarca. Um, they didn't have the best games on the weekend, but they're still averaging 130 plus right now, if you don't mind. We need to talk about the Ruck situation. We have Rowan Marshall and we have Pitnet. Now, Pitnet's all right. If he doesn't play this weekend because he got subbed out, then that's going to be an issue. But other than that, he's going right. He had 80 out on the weekend and he got subbed out. So he was, he was on track for a ton, Pitto. Um, we've got Tim English in the forward line, um, but we've also, we just need to fix up Rowan Marshall because with Paddy Ryder back, he, he is not a, a viable option, is he, Kako? Yeah, that's right. I think obviously we've got, well, if, yeah, in, in the Saints sort of, Sort of midfield and, and lineup. You got Jack Hayes, Rowan Marshall, and Paddy Ryder, and that's <laughs> that's even more mouths to feed than the Blues midfield in terms of <laughs> terms of the rock distribution. So, um, yeah, I think Rowan Marshall definitely um, definitely a, a good time to move him on. He's been been good in past seasons, but uh, this season hasn't hasn't started quite as hot. So we're currently looking at saving a trade by just using one going Rowan Marshall to Zach Bailey via some DPP with Tim English moving into that R1 slot. We need to consider Braden Proust still. Is he a rookie enough to justify being in the pod squad because his ownership's about to, you know, skyrocket or um, is he not a pod in, in the good faith of, of our team? It's a tricky one. I reckon. I reckon we're just about at the precipice of if we jump on him this week, he's not a pod when we've brought him in. Uh, so yeah. I think that's that's potentially something to look at. And I think Andy Brayshaw's ownership has boomed um, in the last couple of weeks as well. So we, <laughs> oh, he's he's a nine point five percent ownership, but that's I think that's gone up from when we selected him. So Definitely. I think um, I think we're we're just about just about at the the point where we can sneak. Sneak old um, Braden Proust into the into the lineup, I reckon. All right, we might have to do that early on in the week then to justify it because I feel like his uh, ownership will be about 30% by the time of uh, Sunday comes around or whenever he's playing. Um, other than that, I think the pod squad's looking all right. You know, we've had a couple tough weeks, but once they all fire, and they will, like they fire, if they fire like Nick Blakey is doing each week or Jordan Dawson kicking yeah, that goal after right. the siren, then I don't think we'll have any issues, Kaka. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and obviously a couple of down weeks for the big guns like like Daniel Rich with an eighty one, and then Luke Ryan with a seventy four. Um, I think once those guys are back to their best, we'll have have uh, no issues sort of accumulating a, a decent score. And obviously, it was pretty lean through the midfield as well. Petrarca, um, Andy Brayshaw, and and Cal Mills all scoring less than a hundred. But if we're uh, if we're getting the big guns to fire, then we'll be be having no issues. Captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Well, it's that time again, Kako. It's time for Oh, Captain, my captain. 
Firstly, there's a couple of big games Thursday, Friday night, um, some really interesting ones. Who do you think are the best VC options? I want to I want to quickly shout out Travis Boak, who has been absolutely outrageous to start the season. We think this guy's slowing down each year and he just keeps on keeping on. He's gone up in price again, up 40K um, on his first price rise. He's averaging a casual 146 points, Kako. Who do you think are the best VC options on Thursday and Friday night? Well, if you've got him, if you're if you're in the two point four percent of teams that have got him, then, then Travis Boak could be a man, surely. But otherwise, um, plenty of plenty of names going around. Um, Christian Petrarca, Clayton Oliver. If you've got either of those two guys, to be a, be a pretty safe safe option as well. Um, obviously, against the power, have been struggling a little bit, but um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, interesting to see how that goes, but yeah, I think either of those three um, in Thursday night's game are, are pretty pretty solid options. Um, and then on on Friday we got Geelong versus Brisbane, um, and as we mentioned earlier, Lockie Neal potentially potentially a bit of bit of caution on him with Mark O'Connor going to him. Um, but if you if you got someone like Danger, who I think had a pretty decent week last week or the week before, uh, potentially someone else to look at there as well. Yep. Bit of a caution on um, Tom Stewart as well while we're here. He uh, he got the Charlie Cameron, I don't know if you remember this, he got the Charlie Cameron assignment last year and Cameron kicked about five goals on him and Stewart lost his head like I've never seen him lose his head before. Remember he like grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and dragged him around after he took a mark or something. It's, uh, a bit a bit how you're going there. Um, Charlie Cameron usually has a, has a good day against uh, the Cats, so he could be a little pot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think... Yeah, Lockie yeah. Neal is, is a buyer be warned, uh, buyer beware here. It's because Mark O'Connor is such a good tagger and he's going to be fresh coming into this side. So I think Lockie Neal is going to be in for a really tough night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. But I think I think if you're looking for, for VC options, that Thursday night game um, is looking pretty pretty good with, with Clary and, and Christian Petrarca as well. Um, and I guess if, you, if you're looking that far ahead, Saturday... 240, which is the early game, um, Sydney versus North Melbourne. Um, if you've got someone like a uh, someone like a Callum Mills, he could be he could be a bit of an option as well there. Yeah, I don't mind Callum Mills there. Um, North Melbourne just lost by 100 points. I think Sydney could do the same to them this this week there because they're in fine form uh, despite that loss to the Doggies. Um, speaking of the Dogs, they're finally captain options, not just VC options. So Dunkley, your Tim English. Obviously, your Jack McRae, who's gone 167, 109, 167, 109 against the Tigers in his last four. So um, you'll probably expect a pretty big score from him against uh, the Tigers on Saturday night. Um, Sounds like he's due for a 167 again. I believe so. And and Brayshaw will get that DeBoer tag. So that's a bit of a beware there. Um, Then on Sunday... I think Jack Steele just bounces back against the Hawks, doesn't he? Like he can't stay this quiet for this long. He's, he's tackling well still, but the issue is he's not getting his marks. He's not getting his uncontested marks and meters gained and that kind of stuff right now. Um, I, th- I expect that to change pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. I think the Hawks are an interesting one. Um, obviously, they've been been sort of the the surprise in the first first three rounds. Obviously, nearly nearly hit the Blues on the weekend. Um, and and look, I'm. I'm glad they didn't because I don't, don't know what I'd do with myself. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I think the Hawks are an interesting one. But but Jack Steele, obviously, we know he's we know he's classy. We know he's sort of just that super super good super good guy to watch and and super damaging for the Saints there. So I think I think he's definitely an option there. And then 
if you're looking at the, the late, late game on Sunday night, um, you got Cripps against against the Suns. He's been, been pretty good <laughs> pretty good against the Suns in the past. And um and Took Miller as well, but as we said earlier, um, George Hewitt probably probably likely to go to to go to Took there as well. But if you if you wanted Matt Real as well, uh, one of the one of those two, um, but yeah, there's a few few options there as well. I think yeah, I think Paddy Cripps is going to be my captain this week. I trust him more than anyone else um, in my side right now. And then my VC, it's a tough one. I'm actually going to give it to Max Gorn. I think he can have a big game against Scott Lysette on Thursday night. So I'll go Gorn into um paddy cripps and see how i go this week i reckon what about yourself Kaka? look i'd i'd be leaning towards the exact same i don't i don't really have anyone else the other maybe another option um is zach butters he's the only other sort of power or power player i got i've got jake jake bowie in the back line as well but probably not quite the uh the vc <laughs> caliber um but you know if i if i'm feeling funky like i was last week with tim english might might chuck the vc on butters but it'll be probably probably butters or gone um, and then, yeah, I think into into steel or Crips on Sunday, either. Well, Kako, that's all the time we have for today on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Thank you for joining me this week for a, for a pretty fun one um, on this Wednesday afternoon. We are, of course, a product of the Inner Sanctum. You can follow us on Twitter at SC Sanctum. Um, and Kako, we, we have an Instagram now as well, mate. We do. And you can find us there at the same name, SC Sanctum. Uh, and you can keep up to date uh, with with what we're doing and, and what's going on. Um, but yeah, if you if you're on Instagram, head over, give us a follow, uh, and be sure to stay tuned for some good content. Good luck for round four of the Supercoach season, and we'll see you next week.